Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Goddess of Crypto. Today, we're going to talk about NFTs, hopefully from a perspective that you have not even heard before, and that is some plain English. I want you to learn about NFTs. I want you to hear about NFTs in a way that maybe all the hype that you might have heard has not properly explained to you. So we're going to back all the way up and pretend you've never heard of an NFT, which may be true for you, or perhaps you are already familiar. The sacred divine feminine is creative, abundant, flowing, receiving, and disruptive. And the new energy of money, including cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and even the metaverse is all these things too. Welcome to the Goddess of Crypto, a weekly show where women who are already in this powerful space will cover these topics simply so you can relax into knowing that the future of finance is female. An NFT literally means a non-fungible token. What is fungible exactly? It has nothing to do with mushrooms. I say this only because I was sure that it did the first time I heard about it. Turns out, no. If it's fungible, it means it is tradable for something identical inside of its asset class. So you can have a type of token like a dollar, and it could be traded for another dollar or traded for a euro. That is what makes it fungible. When you trade it into a different asset class and it is not tradable, that is what makes it non-fungible. It is a unique item. It's why digital assets such as art already lend themselves so beautifully to being NFTs, which are digital representation of a physical asset. Let's say that feels still hard to understand or not clear to you. We'll just put it in very straightforward terms. The most popular NFTs so far, these could be anything in the world, but the most popular ones so far have been these really intensely ugly apes called Bored Apes that belong to something called the Bored Ape Yacht Club. I looked this up last night and the price to buy one of these things and the minimum price to buy one of these things is still at hundreds of thousands of dollars. They have gone for millions of dollars and they are basically digital representations of art. They are themselves created digitally. So there was no physical asset in the first place. And then when they are created, it's called being minted. Minted equals created. It's basically being created on a computer. And then somebody has that digital asset, which is then only really a smart contract. And truly, that is what an NFT is, a smart contract. And when I say smart, I mean smart in the sense of like Alexa is smart. Your house has smart aspects to it sometimes. And that's when I say smart, I mean it has stuff added to it or it has additional viability because it's not just a physical contract. Now, the apes themselves are digital, yet I walked into a high-end art gallery recently and saw 
a physical ape a painting of one of the bored apes on a wall. I asked about it. The painting was going for $5,000. What was it? It was a physical representation of a digital asset that was created digitally. And then somebody took the image because each ape is unique and different. They all do not look the same. They have different buck teeth or they have different sunglasses or they have different fur accessories, I suppose. And this particular person had licensed their ape to have physical art created from it. Art imitating life, imitating art or something like that. That was fascinating for me to see because it only ever existed as digital artwork first and then If you bought it with that $5,000, you weren't getting the smart contract that came with it. You weren't getting the digital ape. You were only getting the physical painting, which has only the value that you apply to it, right? The apes themselves going for a half a million dollars or something, that's not what you're getting. You're just getting the piece of art. That's the kind of stuff that makes people look at NFTs and say, that's stupid, (laughs) Not everybody, and there's a huge market for it. I was at a poker party last night where a crypto poker party where somebody mentioned that they had a friend who had started buying these apes when they were $200 a piece. And then they started getting sent by the company that owns Board Ape Yacht Club all these freebies. And then they had been able to sell the apes for a lot of money in the hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars. So that person, his friend, is that person is set for life. That's amazing when that happens. However, it's not usually the experience of everyone. And my experience with NFTs is They're easy enough to understand the concept of minting something, of creating it. I've watched someone mint a token, mint the NFT inside of a few minutes. There are exchanges such as OpenSea is the biggest one, but there are several other exchanges that act as clearinghouses for digital art. And while that's very valuable for the artists themselves, in fact, I think maybe not since the Renaissance have artists had the ability to make so much money off of their art and to be able to bypass the dealers. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a pretty decently famous artist, and she was telling me stories of having been ripped off by her dealer. The dealer both stole works and stole money. That's the kind of thing where it's shameful that that happens, but artists are being ripped off all the time. And look at record artists. Musicians for years have been making a dollar an album off of their multi-million dollar record deal or a dollar an album, you know, something that went platinum. Guess who's making all of the money? The people who are distributing it not the creators of the music in the first place. The business of it is where the money is made, not the art. NFTs have actually started changing that significantly because they've given artists a direct platform. So NFTs themselves in this regard, in the art space, are kind of amazing. 
However, the market for NFTs and the bubble that has been created from it and the kind of self-referential experience of being in the NFT world, that I agree with a lot of people that I talk to is not going to last. And there are some fairly stupid aspects to it. That's just my opinion. If you're an NFT junkie, then enjoy. For a lot of people, though, they're saying like, hey, these are JPEGs. What's a JPEG? It is a digital representation of art. When you have a photo, if you look closely enough at all those pixels, it's only just pixels. And then it gets turned. The format itself is called a JPEG. That's one of the main digital asset formats. So there's a big joke that like, oh, we've spent millions of dollars, but all you have to show for it is these JPEGs. NFTs are so much more than that. And I want you to know that because my belief is that NFTs are going to make an enormous change in almost every single industry over the next couple of decades. So here's what I see already happening. Real estate. Real estate is being changed absolutely forever by NFTs. And if you're not familiar with the first transactions that have already taken place, I'm going to just give you a brief overview because I think it's fascinating and I have a real estate background. So I find this really exciting to see what's going on. There's a company called Proppy and they have started creating NFT contracts for properties. And that company, Propy, P-R-O-P-Y, is you can actually buy into the company through the tokens. So they have their own token, P-R-O-P-Y. And I think you have to give like full disclosure. I'm Nobody has any rules in the industry, but I feel that it would be inappropriate not to. So I am an investor in Propy through buying their tokens, not through investing directly in the company. So if you're interested in what a company is doing, whether it's Proppy or anybody else, you can often look and see, oh, they have a token and oh, I can buy that on one of the exchanges. So I've made a small investment in Proppy coins because I really believe in what they're doing. And that money actually goes directly to them and it helps to support the company, as well as obviously the idea is over time, the price rises and rises, and then I make money off of that. But I'll hold it for a long time because that's how I like to do my investing. So Proppy has done several different transactions. The first one was actually in Kiev City in Ukraine. And so I don't even know, I think it was a condo. The condo was in, in that transaction, you don't even know if it still exists. But if it were a physical building in a war, the way that this NFT was in a war, the building could be destroyed, but the building itself is not the contract. The building itself is part of, or at least that condo in the building, becomes part of a contract that is digital, that lives on the blockchain, that lives forever, and that is timestamped on the blockchain that the transaction took place at a particular time. And the NFT itself was consisted of an LLC. So a company basically got set up and then the property that the condo got put into the LLC. And then that package was sold 
as an NFT. Now, it's a little bit mind-boggling, but again, if you just think of it as smart contracts and you imagine there was a building and here and we put the building into the or we put the condo into the LLC and then you sold the LLC, that would be what was traded. They did it on the blockchain, that's why they did it as an NFT. They then repeated that in Tampa, Florida, so right up the road from me. They repeated that with two different properties. The next was a house and the next one was a condo. In each case in the United States, and those are the first two real estate transactions that have been done as NFTs in the U.S., as they did it, they offered it for auction and you could use Bitcoin and Ether, which is the Ethereum coin, and I think maybe Litecoin or something as well, but you could bid in that currency or you could place a regular bid in the physical world without the NFT. And in each case, they were able to find a buyer and to do the transaction using the NFT and using Ether. So it was a really interesting transaction because it's groundbreaking, but it simplified things significantly. And that's the beauty to me of the NFT contract. It simplifies things beautifully. And going back to our condo in Ukraine, we don't know if the condo itself is still standing, but we know that if there had been a Ukrainian mortgage company that was handling the transaction, and then the Ukrainian local office was holding the paperwork, and now let's say, because of all the bombing in Kiev City, that all of that has been destroyed often property rights could be in question. I don't know if you've seen the movie Woman in Gold with Helen Mirren, but it is about a very famous Klimt painting called Woman in Gold, which the Nazis stole during World War II and was the painting of a woman who was a Jew who was killed in a concentration camp. And her family came back later and said, hey, this was our painting. That is my aunt. That was stolen from my home. We want it back. Well, by this time, it had been given to a museum, and the museum was holding it, like the painting itself belonged to the government, and it took years and a court battle, and that's what the movie is about, for them to finally be given back the family painting, the family heirloom, which was worth so much money that there were a lot of people who didn't want to give it back. Well, that story had a happy ending for the family, but a lot of these stories don't. And there's a lot of property rights issues as well because of things like war. Well, I know that that condo's ownership is not in contest ever. And not just because there were newspaper stories about it when it happened. I know that because the information held in that contract exists on a blockchain. And the blockchain is decentralized. It does not exist in one location. It exists basically in the cloud on multiple locations. That's the value of decentralization. So there's so much power in that one little shift. But then you also have the value of a lot of the paperwork and a lot of the processes being reduced or eliminated in real estate practices. I used to think that NFTs meant that 
title companies were just going to go away and that whole industry was going to be eradicated. I don't think that's true now, at least not for multiple generations, because you have older houses, they have a chain of title that already exists. That chain of title can be disrupted. There can be defects that were not disclosed. And then even for new properties, builder defects, you would want title insurance for all of that. So what's beautiful, though, is that once the NFT is created, it basically can be kept to house information. And over time, we're going to see this happen in a lot of different areas. Like, I believe that your medical records are going to become NFTs. More importantly, I believe they are NFTs that you will hold sovereignty over. I mean, you know what it's like right now. You go to the doctor's office and you say, hi, I need my medical records. And they say, please fax. Yes, fax. You all remember what faxes are, don't you? We really only run into them in places like the doctor's office needs you to fax a request in. Half of them still don't take email. That and city places where you do your filing in the city, those places still take faxes, right? All the city offices. But everywhere else, everyone's moved to digital. Everyone's moved to email. So you go into the doctor's office and you say, hey, I need my x-rays because I'm going to go get a consult. And they say, well, we can't send them to you. We'll have to send them to the doctor directly. Why? They belong to you. Or yes, you can have that, but you can only have that. They don't want to just give you your medical records. And now let's say, I don't know, you're a healthy person. So you've had 20 doctors over your life. You're a sick person. You've had a hundred doctors over your life. You try tracing that, like try tracing your medical history. Try remembering the doctor that you saw back when you lived in Texas 25 years ago. It's really, really hard. So NFTs are going to change all that because your medical information will be kept in one repository that you will have control over. Now let's look at a place like Citibank, for example. Citibank is a trusted bank. They're a trusted credit card company, right? I've got a Citibank credit card. You might have a Citibank credit card. Well, when their database was hacked, that's it. All of that information is basically gone at that point to a hacker who can now use it to try to get in your passwords or steal your identity or whatever. Why did they allow that to happen? Because, oh, there was a security breach and, oh, we got hacked into an NFT could actually be encoded further to offer protection that will allow information to be completely hidden from all of those companies unless you give permission personally for the information to be decoded. There's a more technical version of that, but that's the gist of it. And the point of it is that you would have control. And what the credit card company would do is it would only be able to share maybe like the last four digits of your file that everything else wouldn't appear with that information. And the reason that this is so important is it's going to offer you protection that you don't have right now. It's going to offer you security that you don't have right now. It's going to offer you control that you don't have right now. 
And I see this changing and happening in pretty much every single market. I really do. I think there's going to be quite the difference over the next 20 years. And we are already seeing it happening in real estate. So if you're interested in this, you can actually just look up like crypto and real estate or set a Google alert for when new transactions come in so that you can start seeing this as it's unfolding. I saw last week that a company, I believe it was a real estate company in Long Island, was saying you could use Bitcoin or stablecoin to purchase a mansion that was being built. We're going to see more of that. And the people who have already become millionaires and billionaires in crypto, they're not looking to sell their crypto in order to transact. They're looking to borrow against it. So we're already seeing mortgage companies that will allow you to borrow against your crypto to buy your real estate. And using the NFT, you're able to transact that. The contracts go right into your wallet and live there forever on the blockchain where it's going to be safe as houses, as they say. Anyway, I can't wait to see how the NFT market unfolds. If this has been useful for you, please like, share, comment. I would love to hear your other questions. Future episodes are going to deal with all kinds of things because it's like a brave new world every day. And in the meantime, please share this and the other episodes of Goddess of Crypto with your mothers and your wives and your girlfriends and your grandmas and your daughters and your besties. I want all the women in the world to know about the new energy of money. Thank you again for joining us on Goddess of Crypto. Every week, transformational wealth coach Hallie Evelyn leads a conversation that helps to ensure that women everywhere can learn to surf the coming tsunami of the new energy of money. You can find her at goddessofcrypto.me. That's goddessofcrypto.me. Be sure to subscribe to Goddess of Crypto on your favorite platform or watch the show on YouTube. And remember, wealth isn't just your privilege, it's your right. <laughs>